Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm your host, Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, but also my partner in life, Rachel Campos-Duffy. Thank you, Sean. It's so good to be back at our kitchen table. And boy, you know, you and I are in the news business and it's been a really heavy couple of weeks, um, both with what's happening in the world. I mean, everything's continuing, um, I think, to devolve in Ukraine. We have the crisis at the border. Of course, I was just in Uvalde and shortly after I returned this horrific news of what happened in um, the school shooting. And, so tragic. And this week, all the all the funerals. And so. And we, we, just, have, we have inflation. We have gas prices. Yeah, people are being thrown into poverty. We have a, a baby formula uh, shortage. We're now talking about a food shortage coming in August or September of this year. A lot of things are happening. Can I just say one thing too, Sean? Not sure. to be not not to add on to the pile of negative, but I just read an article about because of the war in Ukraine and the food, the global food shortages that are being caused by that. Forty-nine million people, almost fifty million people, are right now on the verge of entering into famine starvation. So the repercussions globally are horrific. Um, and yet life life continues, right? That's right. And 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 that's why in this podcast, you know, again, these are a lot of Joe Biden's mistakes that have brought us to this point. And that's why we don't want to focus on the negative today. We want to actually focus on something different, something with a little a, escapism, a right? little lighter heart, and which is why we want to talk about a, a couple of things that we've watched recently. And we just took the family. We took all the kids, Rachel and myself all went to see Top Gun. So we want to talk about Top Gun Maverick, the second uh, the second coming of Maverick. Yes. And then we want to talk about one of our favorite um, binge watching sessions, which is This Is Us. Um, which had its final, the, the sixth season was on and it just the last episode dropped last week. We just finished it last night. Last night, that's right. We were savoring it till the very end. So we're going to talk about This Is Us, but we're going to start with Top Gun because Sean, you were pretty excited about Top Gun. I think about a year ago. First of all, you got fired up when you found out they were going to take the Taiwan logo off the jacket. Off the jacket. Well, first of all, let me say, I, I was excited about seeing Top Gun come and it was supposed to, I think it was supposed to come last year. Yeah. Be released, but because of COVID, they've, they've kicked it back to this Memorial Day. And um, just as, as a side note, everyone, when I was in Congress, uh, the Wisconsin Air National Guard, which basically covers, you know, from Michigan all the way over to Minnesota, 
uh, maybe even North Dakota, the, the northern border. Um, our air wing in Wisconsin covers that, and we have F-16s. And as a member of Congress, I was able to, to take a trip, a flight in one of those F-16s with my flight suit. Yeah, I had you the pretty hot in that, and you were pretending like you were Top Gun. Well, I kind of was really pretending, and maybe I wasn't pretending. Maybe I actually was a little yeah. Top Gun. <laughs> but it was one of the, as, as a member of Congress, one of the I think coolest it, experiences that I had. I to, don't think there's anything you were more excited about having it, done as a member of Congress. It, it was it was thrilling. And um, just one side note, after I, as I talked to the guys, the, the by the way, they were F-16s when I, when I flew, but now we have F-35s in that, in that airbase, which is pretty cool. That's the new, that's the, the new the, version, the, the new jet. Um, but uh, they were saying the, the, the planes that we're flying right now to, to cover this part of the country, they were, they were in essence made when Top Gun was made. The planes were that old. Now the technology, the radar, the, the, they the, change the, that. the firing systems, that had all been upgraded, but the equipment itself was made 30 plus years ago. And again, I think it, for, for me, it really resonated that if we're going to be a top notch military, we have to continue to invest in military spending to make sure that, you know, we have the armaments, the equipment and the manpower to defend America against any threat that may come, whether it's terrorists, China, Russia, anybody. And um, to see that that's the equipment that we were still using, uh, basically a kickback to Ronald Reagan meant that, you know what, we do have to be smart about how we're spending our dollars, but make sure we're investing All right. in our defense. Listen, Sean, I know you're a congressman, former congressman, you want to talk about that, but everybody else really wants to hear about <laughs> the <laughs> trap. I apologize. Support military Everyone, funding. Support That's military that, funding that was is a, long way is to a say great support one, military but funding. what we really want to support is this movie because you really love this movie. I have to say, Sean, um, I loved the original better. And but I really respect the fact that on the sequel, they they stayed with the storyline. They they continued the Goose Maverick storyline with with Goose's son. And they they really paid homage to a lot of the great moments, the music, um, the unabashed, you know, unrepentant masculinity that was on display there. Uh, there was that famous scene on the beach in the original where they're all shirtless and oiled up and playing volleyball. And so they kind of recreated that in the second version, but now they're playing football. I, I just felt like they, they respected what was great about the original. They updated it obviously for this audience and the storyline, the romance wasn't as sexy as the first, as the first uh, movie. And, and this time, you know, it's a little bit more of a of a midlife romance. It, it wasn't. Thank God for that, because we brought the kids <laughs> to the movie. And I'm like, is that scene started with the romance? I'm like, oh, shoot. Well, <laughs> and it did not get as hot as it didn't uh, get as hot one. and steamy as Again, the first one. And he's you know, he's an he's an older fighter pilot. So, right. That was it was a more appropriate love affair than, you know, 33 year old Tom Cruise in the first Top Gun. But uh, but you, you bring up an interesting point because I love the movie because one, there was unabashed patriotism in the movie. There was unabashed masculinity in the movie. And I mean, that men can sweat, that men can, as the liberals would say, have toxic masculinity, that they can actually puff their chests out and have sharp words and, and jive and jazz each other and razz each other about who's better, who's the best. Um, I think Is all that of guys that, do in the locker room. They really 100% do. hundred percent we do. And you know what? That's men. That's what we do. And it's not toxic. It's just masculinity. And you want that masculinity, you know, in a, in a military, which by the way, it was the strength of the, of the U S military as well, that we were, we were showcasing. You want that to, to, to have men who are willing to defend their country and their freedom and their women 
Yeah. Sorry, can I say well, that? Well, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> you know, actually, the the enemies in this um, mission that they're on in, in Maverick in the second one, I thought they were the Chinese. I also thought it was interesting that they didn't specify that they were the Chinese. Well, in the first one, they didn't either. The first, they didn't either. It, That's it true. The they didn't specify that it was the Russians. We assumed it. So I think that those are interesting takes. Obviously, these movie studios make these decisions because they want to go international. Look here, the, the film has made has broken records, um, at least for Tom Cruise. He's never had a, an opening weekend this big. I think it's now like a hundred and maybe 60, $70 million weekend that on the first weekend. And, and, and this is going to continue to grow. Obviously it's going to, you know, people are going to go this weekend. I know people who are going two, three times to see the movie. They loved it so much. And then it's going to go international. So very, very, I think very significant numbers that show that there is an appetite for the things that you talk about masculinity, patriotism, um, just sort of um, old Hollywood, too. I mean, there's something about Tom Cruise. And I, I read this great article on Breitbart about it, that that Tom Cruise really understands stardom, that he is. It's not just that he seems to never age. He looks amazing in the film, he, by he the does. way. He is in incredible shape. Um, he does do the shirtless scene as well with all these young guns. Um, by the way, I'm going to talk about the training that went in before the um the, the football scene, because that was kind of funny how the actors really took that seriously from a training point of view. But but it's not just that Tom Cruise is gorgeous and in shape. It's also that Tom Cruise understands stardom in in the way that, you know, John Wayne understands or um, or, you know, they said Betty Davis understood it or. Paul Newman, who's my favorite old time, you know, old Hollywood uh, movie star. So he understands that it's not about him. It's about the audience that you want to razzle and dazzle them. And I think that's why Tom Cruise takes, you know, his stunt so seriously. He he's fully committed when he does these films. And I think there was a lot of emotional range from him as well, Sean. Yeah, no, I thought so. Th thought so, too. And just on the emotional range front. Um, they Did you brought, cry, Sean? Because Sean no, cries a lot. I'm a crier. Movies. I'm a crier. We're talking about crying in, uh, in a second. Topic. <laughs> Is that manly? <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes not. Um, <laughs> let's not go there. Uh, but what I think is interesting is the relationship they brought back. They brought back Val Kilmer, uh, Iceman. Oh, yeah. Right? That and, made you sad. Yeah. And I believe that that I, I read an article too where Ice Man or Val Kilmer they weren't going to they, they they had him in the movie, but he was not going to actually be in. It. it was going to be referencing. Uh, Iceman, but he actually had lobbied in and petitioned. They probably didn't want him in because the they thought that you know maybe because he had throat cancer, right? Yeah, he's sick. But they put him in. They, 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 he actually got a, a a scene in the movie, which I thought was really great. He lobbied for it. He did. And what the the the, the part of it is here, you had these young men in the first movie who are wildly competitive, almost hated each other, but they're on the same team. Um, and that was the that was the crux of of the, the Top Gun story in the in the first version. In this, in the second version here, he is the what he is the fleet commander for the for the Pacific, um, ISIS, mm -hmm. and the fact that 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 Maverick hasn't been forced to retire yet. That Maverick keeps getting posts, even though he's a badass. That he continues to break rules, but continues to stay in the Navy and fly and get great assignments is because ICE, who is the top commander keeps giving him posts and believing in him. And so that the, the evolution of, of their the relationship and the friendship um, I thought was really touching and a, and a great storyline of, again, how we can be really hard competitors 
but then also to become really good friends with people. It happens all the time. In it life. does. It does. It was, you know, remember at the end of the first movie, he says, Ma- uh, Maverick, you can be my wingman anytime. Is that what he says yeah, at the end a, or something like that? You can be mine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He goes, no, you can be mine. And and here they are. But also I have to tell you, because just not to be really superficial. Um, and I did love that scene, by the way, when Iceman and, and, and Maverick are together in the second movie. But boy, I mean, you really see how well Tom Cruise aged compared to obviously... Val Kilmer has has throat cancer, but I, I still think the whatever Tom Cruise is doing, it's an advertisement for Scientology. Maybe yeah, I don't know, whoa, whoa, but whoa, I don't know whoa, what he's whoa, doing. Whoa. Let's not go there. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. It's like, is he putting his face in ice every morning? Um, is he like, does he eat no fat? What, what is going on with Tom Cruise? Because he is just ageless. It's incredible. He, he looks as good as any of those young men that were in the film. But I think, I think, listen, I don't know what it is, but I think if people eat less and eat better and actually work out, you can, you can do a pretty good it's, job it's in how you age. Secret, yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty simple stuff. But I want to go back to this point when you talk about Hollywood. Hollywood has become so woke and they're pushing all of these movies with these progressive liberal themes um, that America doesn't really want. Um, and so here you had Top Gun, and again, it's 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 it it, it it had a big box office opening because it is the second Top Gun, so that is part of it. But the themes of the movie are able to get me off my couch, which I don't know where the last time that you and I went to a movie. It's been forever. Yeah, but I was willing to give a movie theater my money with my popcorn and my. So we decided, you know what, we're going to go and support a, a a movie with these kind of themes in it. And again, we took the whole. This, this is a side note. We took the whole family, as we mentioned. It wasn't cheap. I oh think my we gosh, spent yeah. almost $200 when I got my tickets and popcorn oh my God, and I soda for the kids. I that's nearly wanted to throw up. That's, exactly. That's why we don't that's that's why we watch don't it at home. And then, and then, and then I have this great photo at the end of the movie of our little son. Because, you know, the, the theaters have the chairs that recline all the way back. And, and there's Patrick. He's he. Fell fully reclined, fully sleeping. reclined, sleeping. Sean had to carry him out. Um, and Valentina fell asleep just Right after all the, the trailers and commercials, yep. and she fell asleep just in time so we could watch the movie. So, but listen, it was a great film. I think that again, it's bringing back. It may send a message to Hollywood that listen, just just give us, just entertain us. You don't have to wokeify us and stop making movies for the Chinese. Just make movies for America. And if the Chinese like it, great. Um, but you know, I I thought that that Top Gun was Americana on display, American strength, American exceptionalism. Can I mention one other thing that was interesting about it too for me was, you know, I think there's a nostalgia for the 80s. I think the 80s were a simpler time. I mean, we think about all the bad news that happened this week, um, uh, this past, these past weeks. I mean, these are things, school shootings and whatnot are things that we never worried about when we were kids, Sean. We never thought about those things. It was a simpler time. Our enemies were very clear. Our enemies were, you know, the communists, the Soviet Union. And we never worried that Reagan was, you know, colluding or in any way compromised with the Russians. We worry about that now with Joe Biden and China um, and Hunter Biden's laptop and everything else. And all of our elites are in some way compromised. Even Hollywood is compromised to, to, to the Chinese. And, and that's why this film was so remarkable to me in that, you know, in the end, they, they, they decided to put the patch back on the Taiwan patch back on. They, they saw, they saw the backlash from American people and they made a film for American moviegoers. If the world likes it, great. But in the end, it was for us. And, you know, I look at the, the 80s and no one was trying to push CRT on us as kids. No, no. one was no one was pushing 
transgender, you know, issues on kids. We were able to just be kids and learn math and science and English. And after school, we would play a pickup game. I know in, in, in my neighborhood, pickup game of baseball or football. In the winter, we would all go. You weren't on your hockey. you weren't on your cell phone all day. Right. It was it was a simple <laughs> time where kids could be kids. And I think it, you're right. It is a throwback to that. In regard to Hollywood, my hope is that they're in the business of making money. And the business of making money means make movies that Americans want to see. Not uh, you're not in the business of trying to, you know, to send social messages through your movies to America. Make movies that make money. And I love that. And I heard to entertain. I heard that the Chinese were not going to allow Top Gun maverick into their theaters because it's too uh, unabashedly american with american patriotism and if you make a movie that china won't let into china you've done your job yeah thank you hollywood thank you tom cruise for making a movie that china says no it's too american we won't let it in and yeah you might have left some money on the table but you know what you did something great at a time when i think america needed a movie like this you did it and you released it at a time when i don't, I don't think um a country could need it more than right now yeah, there is a longing, I think, for patriotism, a longing for for the 80s. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Now let's go to another thing because so I we don't watch a lot of binge um, kind of shows. I don't because I don't have time. I loved Yellowstone. So we watched Yellowstone together. Um, and then I started watching This Is Us when it first came out. And I couldn't get Sean to watch. I kept telling him, I think this is the, something you like. He didn't think he'd like it. And then he he went on a trip and he said, you know, I'll try it out. And he tried it out. And so then I waited until Sean could catch up to where I was. And, you know, there's six seasons of This Is Us. And This Is Us, if you haven't seen it, is a a, a drama, family drama, if you will, about three kids, um, three siblings. Um, one was adopted into the family. Um, they're triplets because they're all born on the same day. And hold on a second. So you, you, there's a story about a mom and a dad. Oh, yeah, um, you're right. You're right. And, it's, it's, and, that really and, is the and, and she's going to have triplets, right? Three babies. One of the babies dies in delivery. And and as that one dies, some uh, some other baby was abandoned. That's right. And she decides to adopt that baby and take her into the home. And so you have three kids again, and then you have two parents. And what I love about how they did this was they go back when um, uh, uh, the, the couple met, they're meeting when they had the, when they had the kids to when they're older, they're able to jump in time. Yeah. Uh, back up, and forth, back and into forth different which is a tactics. really unique way to tell a story, but it was, I thought it was, I love this movie because her show movies. Thank you. The show. 
Um, see, that's why, I, that's why Rachel's here. Like I just well, say, you just, stuff. You just yeah. actually laid out the story better than I did. What, what, I, what, I, what I love is that it is all family. And you know what? The craziness of the Pearsons, which is the name of the family, it, 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 it's, it's complicated. It can be confusing. But you saw two parents who I think were inspiring. I watched it and I was inspired to be a better father. I was inspired to be a better husband um, when I watched the show because the writing and the storylines of This Is Us, I thought were so awesome, so profound, and I think so moving. Um, I absolutely loved it. And again, if you've dedicated yourself to family, this is a great family um, series of, of six seasons that again, I think it can inspire people to be better. Yeah, you know, I think it's really rare to see something that is so family oriented and really shows the primacy of the family. Family is central in the lives of all of these people, no matter what they're going through in the end, they come back um, to 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 family and they come back to, you know, learning to appreciate what their parents had done for them and their sacrifices. I mean, I I loved it. I loved the love story between um, Rebecca and um, Jack. And Jack, I, I love that. So those are the parents, mm-hmm. right? It was an amazing love story. But didn't it wasn't it interesting how they actually brought? I mean, this was very unpredictable. The storyline and how they. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. For anyone who hasn't seen it and wants to see it, I, I don't want to ruin any of the storylines. But I, I guess overall, love, marriage, family. I think are just absolutely on display and 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 presented in a way that's very attractive that makes people really as you said be inspired and want want to create that for yourselves and I also love the messiness of it. Listen, families are messy they're imperfect. and they're imperfect and there's lots of you know the more kids you have the more drama there are there is. And you know here they had these triplets and just the ins and outs of their lives and how and their fights and their their makeups and all of it all together. I just thought what a great um storyline. Now there were some things that you and I didn't like and what what happened towards the end and and I always thought it was a glaring absence and it only became more prominent as the couple got older. And that is there's zero religion in this um, virtually zero religion in this, in this series. And so, you know, you have this family that never goes to church that never even references God and you kind of could swallow it and take it and accept it because certainly there are in America families like that, but here is where it gets really dicey towards the end. Um, So the, uh, at one point, you know, the, the mother at the very end, the mother is the last parent to die. And it's this big moment. It's really the crescendo of the of of the series. And it even and, and actually to, to an extent, Sean, they were very honest about it. The the kids felt very empty. And one of the older now older kids, um, uh, adult children of the mother who's about to pass, you know, he says, what's, this is also pointless. What's the point? And of course it felt that way. It felt like, what is the point? Because there was never any reference to what comes next. next. There's nothing. You're, once you're gone, once, once you're, you're gone, dead, you're, you're dead. dead. And, and like, what? Like I, I never, it, it actually made me appreciate our faith so much more, Sean, because I don't believe it's over when we're dead. And I don't know if I could live if I thought it was over when it was, when we are dead, I, it was just, it, it, I was shocked at how depressing the end was. So I, so there's, so out of the six seasons, because they tell the, the, the storylines are so great. The writers are oh, so the writers awesome. are incredible. 
there's things that happen in in one's life and in the, and in the storylines that it was a it was an obvious gravitation towards faith towards i'm going to go to church or i'm going to pray or i'm going to lean on this part of my tragedy life, or on whatever my creator happened. in this really difficult time and there was only one scene in the six seasons where when i'd mentioned uh, jack and rebecca are the parents and she had the three babies and one of them died and jack the husband at one point went into the chapel in the hospital and there was a crossing of, of of actually the adopted son's father who had dropped off the baby they crossed paths in the chapel that is the only reference in a chapel one scene for about 20 seconds in the whole movie and in the end what was what was hard was they had a funeral for the mom she she's that's rebecca she was the last one to die and in the service they had pews as if it was in a church but then if you look at the pulpit the there altar was her area wherever there was there was nothing behind it there was no cross there was no crucifix there was nothing to reference god or faith or this is a, any kind of a religious ceremony. And I think that this was very intentional by the writers because they're probably faithless people. And even in the last moments and how they bring you through Rebecca, the mom's death and the things that she's seen in her own mind and throughout her life that brings her to her end, um, there was there was no reference to, again, God, there was no salvation, there was no afterlife, there was there was nothing else. It was going to be the end of everything for her. And that's not that's what she experienced in the show, but also the kids experienced the exact same feeling. And I agree with you. It was it was so hopeless, it was so depressing, as opposed to in our faith. It's like, listen, I'm gonna see you again. Right. One of us, I, I might go first, you might go first, but we're gonna see each other again. That's right. You know, it's funny because we're gonna today, be together again. This week is the week of the of the Jubilee for the Queen of England. And I'm reminded of she was asked about when Prince Philip fat passed her husband. And she said, you know, obviously I'm really sad. I'm not uh, there's a void in my life. I'm not gonna pretend that I'm not sad, but I know I have hope. I know that I'm just passing through and that my real home. I'm going back to my real home film, just got there first. Right. And that's how I feel about this. And if I thought that when my mom did pass or my father passed, or if you passed before me, that this was it, I couldn't get through life. I, I mean, I couldn't live. I mean, I know in my heart, I know I'm not believing this because it gives me a good feeling to get through life. I honest to God in every fiber in my body, believe that this is not my home. My home is somewhere else. And I'm going to be reunited with Jesus. And I'm going to be reunited with you, Sean, and all of our children. And you even think about, you know, what we first started talking about at the beginning of this, the tragedy in Uvalde. I mean, you cannot survive what happened to those parents, knowing how their children died, especially the way they died. But the passing of a child um, in that horrific way with such evil, you cannot get through it unless you actually believe there's a, another life and that you're going to be reunited with this child and that there's a higher purpose for all of this happening. I don't know how you can live. It would the, just be, it would, I, you just want to op open a hole in the ground and get in it and never the, get out. I, I've had a, several people in my life who have lost children. And um, my favorite picture I've ever seen, and one day I'm going to have to post it on my social media, is it's a picture of Jesus kneeling down and he's, he's like on a cloud, like, you know, you're clearly in heaven and there's a little child and he, the little child's running towards Jesus's loving arms. Who's going to embrace him. That is the 
only way I could survive um, as a parent, what, what just happened to those, those families in Uvalde. And I believe that with all my, with all my heart. And so, yes, this is us is a great film. I don't, I, a great series. I don't want to discourage anyone who hasn't watched it from watching it. Cause there's so much good to take from it. It's just so sad that there was nobody in Hollywood. Um, any of those amazing writers, uh, they couldn't bring themselves to, to inject a little bit of a, of a Christian storyline. Remember not everyone goes to church, but still 80 some percent of Americans believe in God, believe in a higher purpose. I think that, I think it left in the end, it left the viewers um, a bit empty. So empty no, I, I, I want to yeah, reiterate that I just like the, uh, the father, the father of the family is Jack and ends up, you know, passing away. Um, tragically, tragically. Yeah. But, but we see him throughout the whole series because the, again, we mentioned this, you, you go up forward in time and back in time in the series. So he's part of the show still, you know, he's passed away because we go back to when the kids were little and um, an inspiring father. He's an inspiring husband and the storylines around him are amazing. And Rebecca, the, the mom, she's amazing an too. Amazing mom and the storylines around these people is brilliant the way Hollywood did it. And what I, be, because they missed the faith side of it, would I not watch the series again? No, I would still no. watch the series because it was amazing. And so if you want to, if again, we had Top Gun, but if you also want to look here and say, Hey, this is another great family movie. Um, and series, I want to be inspired series. series movie series. Thank you. <laughs> watch it. And here's, here's my test though. Did, did, did the end of the show as, as the, the final mother passes away, did you do your job? And I know you did your job if you make me cry. And if you don't make me cry, you're not, you're doing something wrong. And it's not and hard I, to make Sean it's cry. Not hard. Listen, I watched this stuff. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I was, I was just talking, I was about ready to cry when I was talking about those little kids in Uvalde. It's really, it's really hard stuff. And I think if you had brought in this other component that touches people in a different way, and especially people of faith, it's an easy place to cry and feel emotion because you've kind of gone on this journey with this family. Yeah. But I felt a little bit empty in what could have been really emotional because that, that side of it wasn't there. And you know what? Is we're not when when you when you when you're emotional about the end. I think it's one. It's you're emotional because it is the end of of life, but it's also emotional because there's such love for you, and there's it's emotional because you're going to a you're, you are your your loved one is going to a different place. Yeah, that you're going to be able to join them with, and someone came here and sacrificed for your salvation. That's all that when you're reminded of that. And when Jesus you get to actually go home, yeah, that's right. The end of life. You're, you're, you're touched and it, it's an emotional, it's, it's, it's emotional. So here's what I will say though. And, and on the positive side, on the positive side of the death side of it. Right. So what I, what I did sense is, you know, at the very end, Rebecca's laying in bed and Jack, her husband who had died before. And, you know, as a mom, as a dad, you, Sean, I mean, that's all you really want. And at the end of life, um, yeah, they missed the religious component, but they did get the family component at the end of life. What does it all come down to? It comes down to God and it comes down to family and they got the family part, right. They and they, and at the very end, she was surrounded by all of her children. Um, she passed in the way that we all want to, to end our life and knowing that we did everything we could. I have a, a very good friend, Sean knows him. He's a a cardiologist. So he sees a lot of people at the end of life. And one day I was talking to him and he said to me, um, I don't know what I, I probably asked him, you know, what do, what do people talk about the most, you know, as they're, you know, passing, cause he's with families a lot in those moments. 
And he said, you know, when people know that, you know, they're going to die, he said, the one, the one thing I hear them say the most that they regret, and it's fascinating. A lot of people wonder what that would be. He said, their one regret is not having had more children. Interesting. Um, He said, their one regret is that they didn't have more children. And I think that it is a lot of things. One, and, and also he said this to me, he said, people who have family around them, lots of family around them, they, um, and children around them with, with, with families. He said, they, they are much more, um, what was the word he used? They're, they're much more calm as they're passing, that there is an agitation among people who are not, um, surrounded by family that, that that there's something missing. And so I think it's very interesting because, um, I, I think in this, in this show, they captured that, that what, what, what is really important in life? Well, I th- to, we have an, another different friend who actually works in hospice. And I had this conversation right. with her and she says that people of faith that, that know God, that know they're going to be saved, that know they're going somewhere else. And, uh, you know, after death, there's a peacefulness about them around yes. their death and those who don't have faith that don't believe there is, there's agitation, there's stress. There's a, a lot of emotions that are everything that's contrary to wow, peace around it's death. the same thing that and, my doctor friends. Yeah. The same thing. And, and what's interesting here God is they were in this, in this, in this show. And again, we're, well, I guess we're talking about death because we just watched the last show where the, where, yeah, where it's not, the, the show's not all about it's death. A, there's so much life. At the end of the sixth season. It's an awesome children. show, but we're talking about it because they were very peaceful around her death, but, but they got uh, the family ex- part, right? The experience, the experience of others who are around people who don't have faith in those moments, it's not as peaceful because they, they don't have the peace of, of moving on to a better place. And so again, I just that I, I, we, we just we want to talk about these two themes again, two two things that we have watched the movie Top Gun and and this show This Is Us, again a great a great TV series that you can actually get on Apple TV if you want to buy it. I'm not sure if it's anywhere else right now, but you can buy it on Apple TV. This uh, is us. This is us. And, and ch- check it out because again, you'll be inspired by the family stories and the kids and the parenting. Um, it's a wonderful series. And, and by the way, there's a scene at a wedding where the mom who happens to be a singer in the, in the show, she wrote a song and she sings this song. And apparently she actually did write the song with her real life husband. And that song made it to number one in Apple, you know, um, uh, on the Apple. What do you call what's, it? What's Rebecca's name again? What's her real life? Oh, it's just Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore. Yes. Yeah. So her song made it to number one on the charts and on Apple Music. So, I mean, obviously people love the show. People are, 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 were invested in it, waiting for season six, which they said is the final season. So it's not going to, there's not going to be a season seven. Um, so you can watch it up to the very end. Great, great, great way to, you know what, Sean, it was really fun watching six seasons with you. It was your, your good six season series watcher with me. I love it. <laughs> Listen, we had, but you know what? It's interesting. You know, we've been married 23 years and I always say opposites um, don't attract. I believe you should marry someone who, who really has the most in common with you as possible in terms of values. And it was interesting watching the end of this series because we both loved it so much all the way. And we both were disappointed at the end just because we, we share those values, family and God. And at the very end, that's what it all comes down to, right, Sean? Doc? It, it, it really does. And I just want to, want to make one point of clar- clarification. I do watch more series than Rachel. So if I go work out in the basement, I don't listen to music, right? I turn on these series and I, and I work out and watch different series as yeah. I work out throughout 
um, you know, the week. Yeah, so ones that I can't like. I can't, can't stand. stand. I don't want to watch like Breaking Bad. I don't want to. I don't like all that negativity in and my I, life. All of you listening who watch Breaking Bad, you know how wrong she is, but that's fine because <laughs> um, it's an awesome series. Listen, um, I, th- listen. Thanks for sitting in and having a, a little. This is supposed to be more lighthearted than maybe it ended up being. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we want to be... take everybody on a journey away from all the bad news cycles, but you know what? We in the end, into the bad, to the negative. But you know what? It's not. It's not negative what we brought up. I think in the end. And we're talking about what life is really about and really focusing on on the importance of and the primacy of God Listen, and family. God, family, country, the three things we talked about in in this TV yeah. show and in this movie. Yeah. So the, and 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 oiled up men on the beach playing yes. sports. I love that too. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> All right. Um it's been great being we'll at the kitchen that. table. We'll with, talk about that after the podcast. The oil you, shot you're, up. You're, sure. <laughs> Uh-huh. All right, everybody. Um, great, great talking with all of you guys around the kitchen table. If you love this uh, podcast, um, go to where you can rate this podcast. Rate? I don't know all the rate review. I don't have my Listen, script Rachel, in front of Rachel's me. supposed to have a script in front of her to, to end this podcast <laughs> that she doesn't have. You and end I'm going to pull, pull it up. All right, fine. Um, I'll, I'll close it out. We've enjoyed this conversation. If there you, you go, did too, right, there let you us go. know. Subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review this podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download your podcast. We look forward to being with all of you around the kitchen right. table. That is real, Rachel. That's real. I'm, that is not on she script. can't wait to see we you next week. We look forward to seeing you next week around our kitchen table, from the kitchen table. Bye, everybody. Have a good week. Bye-bye. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.